0: Hello and welcome back to Build Your Own Funnel. This is the podcast where we, inbound marketers, teach you, remodelers, how to build your own marketing and sales funnel. On this podcast, we are never shy about diving into the weeds and giving concrete examples of campaigns that we have seen and run that have worked, boosting sales for remodelers like yourself. I am your co-host, Malachi Price. Builder Funnel's inbound marketing consultant. And today I am joined by Builder Funnel president and co-host Danielle Russell and Mm -hmm. our consulting specialist and DJ, Matt
1: Ehrlich. So
0: So today is our special Halloween episode. Woo! Um, Mostly because Matt wanted to use his fancy, scary Halloween sound effects. So you're gonna hear a lot of those. Today we are going to be talking about <laughs> Today we are going to be talking about looking at your customers and leads broken down by source and why that matters. But before we get into that, are you drinking anything interesting today?
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's fall, and I got that pumpkin spice creamer ready to go, loaded yes. up in today's coffee. It's delicious. Anybody who says it's too early for pumpkin spice has probably never had it. Hot take.
0: No, it's pumpkin spice season for sure.
1: Yeah, it's soon it as fall for hits, sure. right? So late sure. September.
0: Mm-hmm. It's pumpkin spice season until like... I'm ready in August. Know, April for me, yeah. All right, well...
2: You want to talk about uh, something really spooky, Mal? Not knowing where your leads are coming from scariest thing I could imagine is not knowing what leads are turning into customers and where they're coming from. Can you imagine going blind into a new year, trying to grow or maintain your size and literally not knowing what's working and where to spend your time and effort?
0: Yeah, uh, kind of a ridiculous concept, but all too common. Um, <laughs> and honestly, part of why this is scary is because even if you're Say you're doing a bunch of marketing, you're spreading it out across all of the things that you hear on your podcast you need to be doing, you know, you're doing social, you're creating blogs, whatever. And say it's working, say that your lead flow is looking really good. Even then, like what if you're spending like a thousand dollars on a Google ad that isn't even bringing you in any leads, for example? What if what if the social media isn't even what's doing it? What if it's all organic? Uh, this is entirely hypothetical, by the way. I'm not saying that that's what's most common. My point is, even if it seems like everything's working for you, uh, there might be opportunities to find more efficiencies by looking at which areas of your marketing are actually bringing in your leads or better yet, actually bringing in your customers. Because, you know, just because you're getting a bunch of leads from one platform, what what if you're not getting any customers from that at all? So let's talk about what, what are sources? Um, who wants to spiel about sources?
2: I can spiel about sources for a little bit. Um, long story short, there are many ways to get customers, right? There are many ways to generate leads. People find you from all different avenues and sources are essentially identifying which avenues people are using to find you so some of the common ones would be organic traffic that's a source where people are typing in questions into google most likely and hopefully your blogs and your website are coming up that would be organic traffic as a source if someone already knows who you are you have some brand recognition locally and someone types in your website address that would be a direct source of traffic Um, most common ones we hear when we're just starting working with someone would be referrals from past clients Mm -hmm. so word of mouth is a really big one signage and truck wraps would be another one that would be considered like an offline source that would be a a print marketing source so those are just some some common examples that we're typically looking at when we're identifying which sources are closing and turning into customers and helping you grow your business and also maybe like which ones take a certain number of contacts right someone who comes in from organic sources might take a little bit longer to close they might be closer to the top or middle of your sales funnel whereas someone who is already familiar with you maybe they've been looking you up and know you and that's kind of like a combo of direct traffic and word of mouth marketing. They're probably closer to the middle or bottom of the funnel and don't take as long to close. So lots to consider when thinking through your sources and why they matter and tracking them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, today, just to, to further extrapolate on this, I wanted to look at, um, I have three clients opened up on my other screen and uh part of why we love HubSpot so much, part of why I love HubSpot so much, is that it's set up such that once you get to a certain stage in your sales uh, deals funnel, uh, once you get to the one stage with a certain contact, that contact automatically becomes uh, a customer in your system. And then you can do what I did in this example, and you can create an active list of contacts who are all specifically customers, and then you can look at what percentage of your customers are coming from the different areas of your marketing. And I'm looking at three of them right now. Um, Listeners won't be able to see it, but don't worry. I'll describe everything we're looking at and Danielle and Matt I'll share. So you guys can see what I'm talking about here, but what's really fun about this.
2: So this is great.
0: Perfect. Uh I apologize to anyone who's just listening and also a visual learner. Um just use your imagination, I guess.
2: Tough. Yeah, tough. Very spooky.
0: But basically, this is the kind of thing that can can answer the question is social media actually doing anything for us? Is um is blog content actually doing anything for us? Um, Are our Google Ads actually doing anything for us? Because you can look at a list like this of all your customers and you can see by percentage, at least in this case by percentage, where they're all coming from. Um, I'm looking at three different clients here and there are some pretty noticeable trends. One is that, Referrals are still often going to be your main source of contacts and even customers as a remodeler that's just how it is word of mouth is always going to be. Your best source I shouldn't say always, but more often than not that's what we see it's pretty rare for us to have clients that don't have that as their number one source Uh, once I had a client who had. um. Organic social was actually their number one source of customers that that was an interesting one, but definitely not normal. So anyway, what we're seeing is that offline sources aka referrals word of mouth past clients uh, that's generally about 60% of of sources gathered and and mind you both all three of these clients are clients that we've been working with uh, on creating inbound marketing strategy. So this percentage might look much different from somebody who is not doing inbound marketing yet. In fact, someone who is not doing inbound marketing, you're probably 100% offline sources. But anywho, we're also looking at, uh, it's pretty normal to see direct traffic at around maybe 10 to 10 to 15% is generally what it looks like. And then organic traffic which is my personal favorite, um, close to maybe a quarter for if, if you have really successful inbound marketing strategy that's been going on for a while, you can expect it, expect it to be around a quarter. And uh, of the three clients that I'm currently looking at, the one that has the most organic um, count of contacts is also the one who has been implementing inbound marketing the longest. Can't be a coincidence. So anyway, all of this to say that when someone in the C-suite asked a question, is social media actually getting us customers, you can answer that question with something like this. Um, assuming, you have, assuming you have a good CRM and a system that can track this kind of data, something like HubSpot or HubSpot adjacent, you can see specifically where each of your customers are coming from, not to mention uh, I'm going to go into contacts in HubSpot, and I can look at. Well, I won't. I won't do it while I'm screen sharing right now because then we'll, we'll really be taking a divergent trail here. But you can actually look in HubSpot or whatever your CRM is uh, at the individual customers. So, for example, if you have um, Jack Johnson. Um, I didn't want to look actually in the CRM because I didn't want to, um, what do you call it, dox a bunch of people who, who, uh, who didn't approve of that. Um, but let's say Jack Johnson. You worked with this guy, Jack Johnson, was such a fantastic client. Um, it was a whole home remodel. It was one of the largest scale projects you've ever done in the company. And you're like, damn, we want more people like Jack Johnson. You can look at his contact information and you can see as detailed as what specific pieces of content he was looking at on your website, uh, which form he converted on. Not to mention, if you scroll all the way down back in his history, you can look at where he was originally sourced from. Um, you can see whether he came from social media or organic traffic, etc. So that's the majority of my spiel. Danielle, what do you think? Playing devil's advocate here, what, what are, What are the things that are unclear about why this would be effective?
2: You know, this, I think there is no devil's advocate for this. I think this is actually perfect timing for, especially for marketers out there who have to present what their marketing plan is going to be for 2023, right? For the following year, we're in Q4. This is the time to start like budgeting and looking at how you should be spending marketing dollars and time and energy and resources next year. Um, you got to know where your business is coming from, right? How else are you going to properly plan for next year if you don't know what worked for you this year or in past years? Um, And oftentimes it's evolving. Even if organic is 25% of our customer base for this particular client in 2022, that doesn't mean that's always the case. Um, Sometimes, you know, like if I look at some of my older clients and isolate 2018 data, I'm sure organic social was significantly higher and that was a lead source back then. Pay to play now. That won't happen anymore. But I do still get some pretty good lead generation from paid social. So being able to not just like have to Google what are digital marketing trends going into 2023, but actually having CRM and data visualization that's showing you what those trends are for your business is necessary okay, we're going into 2023, Excel spreadsheets aren't doing this for you. Um, And most CRM tools are free, just to throw that out there. You don't need to be using HubSpot CRM to see this information. It is free, so it's um, it's easy to use. But it's, I'm just a hot take. There's no devil's advocate when it comes to knowing your numbers and being able to attribute revenue appropriately and then knowing where you should be increasing budget or putting more time and effort going into the following year that's just good business sense
1: did you say devil (laughs) uh
2: at least four times i think in the past two minutes but thank you for noticing that
0: do we have do we have the stranger things clock sound yeah um okay let let me your your cue well you didn't wait for the cue i was gonna say um what do i want to say say. we we have that was all three that's all you need to know that's what it sounds like when
2: I don't even
0: know what that was this is the part where we reassess how much of this episode we're gonna have to edit out before it goes live but luckily matt's the one who does all that so he's just giving himself some more work but anyway all this to say i was asking you what what the devil's advocate would say because generally it would be something like well marketing seems to be working so 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 why bother you know kind of like what i was saying earlier but you know the reason is because if you're spending a bunch of time and money on something that isn't working, then s- stop doing that. Um, what if you're spending five hours a week on social media and then you find out at the end of the year that you didn't get a single customer from social media? Um, maybe it's not right for your client. Uh, sorry, maybe it's not right for your demographic, your your potential clients, maybe that's just not where they are or more likely Maybe it means that you need to reassess what your social media strategy is. You might be spending a bunch of time on something that is getting you absolutely no customers. And that does not benefit you. It does not benefit your ROI. Um, so stop wasting time and start paying attention to where your leads and your customers are being sourced from.
1: That's How often really do you spooky. think that you should be uh, like, checking basically to see if something's working like monthly, weekly, what's your recommendation?
0: Um, definitely every month, at least. Um, I imagine for a lot of the people listening, it's more like every time someone in the C-suite asks how the ROI is actually looking on our marketing efforts, but just to better prep yourself and get an idea of, of how effective your uh, consistent cadence is on the different marketing platforms at least every month, probably every week. Um, I'd say you know, it depends on um, posting.
2: I'm going to happen also an ad, um, a devil's advocate.
1: Ooh. Ooh, that's
2: not the that's not the right cue. Um, very spooky. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think it depends telling. on the lead source. So, for example, Google Ads, Meta Ads, check them weekly for sure. You're in there. Yeah. You're tweaking. You're you're reacting to um, trends and how people are buying and searching. You're working on. There's a ton going on in there, right? That's um, very dynamic. Whereas, like a quarterly content plan, I would not go in and tweak strategy monthly, especially not weekly. There, because it takes you know it takes Google some time to do its thing and to start to for any of your blogs or new content pages, for example, to rank. So just because you're not seeing that your homepage is number one on Google search results for your company name, for example, and a service offering, that's not to say that you need to start pivoting your content strategy every month. Some things take time. Some things are immediate. Some things are midterm, right? So knowing how long each source would actually like take
1: to show results is critical also, Um, But inbound marketing usually takes a while to get going so for someone who's just starting out what are key things you could look for um, within the early stages that you could potentially look out for, Um, or I guess course adjust as you're just starting to get you know that better those better results down the line. Sure. So
2: no. <laughs> I think Mal and I are both like excited to jump in. on Yeah, the we slot. were we oh. were both
1: ready to say something. Uh, Mal just <laughs> had like a Mal had like a shit eating grin on, so I thought he was gonna make fun of me. Yeah, I thought
2: you were frozen for a hot sec, but yeah, it was really intense. He was like, really doing, like, he was like... <laughs> um, yeah. So in terms of identifying if your content strategy is working, um, yeah, I would say to start. I don't know that I would tweak it in the first. Six to 12 months, honestly. But what you do need to know going into those first six to 12 months are what topics people are searching for. And they're either finding your competitors right now because you're not ranking or you're not talking about it at all. So some of those key topics that people are searching for that are in like various stages of the sales funnel. Um, For example, you need to be talking up about the cost, you need to uh, have information related to your local service area. Um, Maybe if you're trying to pull in some top of the funnel, you should have some design trends, stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that it's a well thought out content strategy and topics that you're writing about should be ranking. And you should be checking those with a tool like Ahrefs or something along those lines. Um, And if then if after six to 12 months, topics that should be ranking aren't, that's when I would start to reevaluate and consider a pivot on your content strategy.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And just to add to this a little bit, there is kind of a a different immediacy um, in terms of how quickly you can realistically gather leads or customers from each different platform. Excuse me. And what I mean by that, is uh, with social media or with with PPC, like you were saying, that's that's the kind of thing that's pretty quick. Um, you want to check on that pretty often because the turnaround time on that is going to be it's going to be pretty quick. However, blogs, on the other hand, if you publish a blog and then the next month you're looking at it and you're like, this blog didn't do anything. Um it's good to kind of reset that expectation blogs or organic traffic in general is more the kind of thing that you're looking on like a year over year basis um you can't realistically expect to just publish a bunch of content and then within a month start ranking It's um it's just not how it works it's a little more slow uh, you but should that be being seeing said,
2: growth but not hockey stick growth overnight Okay, that's what we're talking about. It takes the like six to 12 months is when you start to see that compounding effect of organic search. So Precisely. look out for growth for sure as soon as you start blogging about the right things, but also just keep in mind that's going to keep growing
1: every single month, month over month, if your strategy is working. So it should be, you might see some peaks and valleys, but it should generally be going up.
0: Yeah. What is the trajectory here? That's what you're looking for. And then in terms of year to year, that'll be more, that'll be a more obvious upward trajectory, assuming that you're consistent about your marketing efforts. So I hope, listener, that you are convinced that you should be looking at the sources for your leads and your customers, um, just to make sure that the marketers on your team aren't, aren't wasting their time. Um, and that you're not wasting money on certain things that are just aren't working for you. Or better yet, that you can allocate more money to the things that really are working. So before we wrap um, our special spooky episode, uh, do we have any final takeaways? Do we have
2: a cricket sound that <laughs> we can use here?
1: Uh, <laughs> Great. Uh, I'll,
2: look, I'll jump in on a final takeaway. Uh-huh. Um, In in understanding what, uh, like we were saying, timeline around when you you should expect to see leads and closed customers based on certain sources, Um, here's just like a couple of quick tips on what falls into like a short term stage, mid term, and long term. Anything related to content strategy is a long-term play. You're trying to rank for more and more keywords. You're trying to optimize a better and better user experience. That's always changing. Google's algorithm is always changing. It's a very, it's a long play. In terms of like midterm, that might be more the social media, email marketing. So you have some kind of nurture sequence going or a drip campaign, depending on what you call that. Um, So in other words, when someone becomes a lead they filled out a form and now they've already forgotten about you two weeks later but you still they're still getting emails from you whether that's a mm-hmm. monthly newsletter or uh, reminders of project spotlights et cetera, stuff like that um, and then a little bit more immediate would be anything that is directly paid so primarily advertising so whether that's uh, Facebook ads Instagram ads and Google ads or some kind of you know YouTube ads whatever that is for you but that would fall under the you should be seeing customers immediately before um, you start to play with any of those strategies that you have.
0: Absolutely. OK, good thoughts, um, listener. I hope you are convinced. Uh, before we wrap, let's do a quick tangent. Let's talk about websites. Let's talk about Whoa. one of the trickier aspects of, uh, of marketing as a remodeler. Uh, I mean shoot. I'm trying to think of uh th- there th- there's a couple things specific to a remodeler's website that maybe not everyone has problems with. The main one being how many images do you have and how big they are. Because if you have big unoptimized imagery, it's going to be bogging your website down. Not to mention even if you do have optimized imag- imagery, if you are a remodeler, you should have a bunch of big beautiful images on your website. Um in order to engage visitors of your website. All of this to say that remodeler websites, frankly, tend to not perform that well in terms of speed, maybe even in terms of conversion rate. And word on the street is that we have something special to help out with this. Um, Danielle, you wanna take it from here?
2: Yeah, everything you described is quite spooky and yet so common. Uh, Typically we'll see a client's website and the first impression is wow uh there's no um local seo on their home page and they're the page is barely loading because the images are professional photography and dropped in the f- like full file size um and they're also named like image one three six seven eight nine parentheses one parentheses space parentheses one Etc. So, um, not a great user experience. Uh, Really, so we're kind of reluctant to even talk about this, but because there are so many people out there who build great websites, right? But the thing is, we know design builder modelers and custom home builders so well. We know what performs, we know how to help you rank, we know how to help you generate leads. And all of these website developers who are out there, who we see, whether they're our competitors, our friends, our foes, it doesn't matter. They're not thinking of it holistically the way uh, the Builder Funnel ethos is. And we want you to have a site that is aesthetic and reaches the right target audience, but most importantly, is designed around performance. And when I say performance, I mean actually like growing your business, right? So... Uh, Yeah, coming in spring of 2023, we will be launching the Builder Funnel theme. It will be entirely designed around your audience and how they shop and buy from you. And you will rank, you'll have a pretty site, but most importantly, you will be generating leads and increasing website traffic. Um, So very exciting. And that's not even to mention that it will come with the whole, you know, I was talking about the HubSpot CRM, for example, so that you have data visualization and know what's working in your marketing. It'll come with that whole suite too. So mm-hmm. you'll have HubSpot CRM, HubSpot emails, um, analytics, dashboards, source reports, sales reports, the deals pipeline, um, a blogging tool, SEO tool. Yeah. So it's, It's really, really, really holistic. We know what we're doing. We've been doing it for 12 years and we're just, we're really excited (laughs) to be able to take this to the next level for our customers.
0: Cool. That's exciting. Well, if anyone's interested, how do they, uh, I hear there's a wait list. How do they get on it?
2: Yeah, there's a pretty big wait list right now. So I encourage you to hop on that wait list ASAP. Uh, Go to our website, go to... Uh, www.builderfunnel.com slash website. And you can learn all about the Builder Funnel theme there and sign up to get notifications and to join the wait list or the VIP list, whichever um, you're most interested in. But I highly recommend you do that with a, a sense of urgency because our, we have a small team and that's the point. We want a small expert team So we can only take on so many projects at a time to make sure we're delivering top quality in a timely manner. So join that wait list.
0: Awesome. That's exciting. Spring of next year, uh, which will be here basically tomorrow at this rate. (laughs) Okay, thank you for listening. Uh, That concludes this episode. Matt, if you want to cue the music. Once again, thank you for tuning into our special Halloween episode. Please pay attention to those sources, and we'll catch you on the next one.